Welcome everybody to another episode of From the Threads with Ben and Isaac And today we have Kiki from Kiki? Zizi <laughs> <laughs> lah I was, I was gonna Okay, <laughs> now lah Okay, continue Yeah, we got Zizi from Idol Ido 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 yeah. Ido So what's yeah. the Like What's the idea behind it? Your, the name? Yeah Yeah, sure yeah. Uh, Initially we wanted something like Um Something that is like slightly more catchy, mm. So so, but we always wanted to make like something like a balanced aesthetic kind of thing. Okay. So it's like idol in English is like you know idol not moving, yeah. and then ido is actually movement in Japanese. Okay. So together it's like a, like it's like a, in the middle ground like that it's like a contrasting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's the idea behind the whole thing. So it's idol ido. It's idol ido. Okay. Idol ido like ido like so the like, Japanese it's like idol. Ido, 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 ido. So it's like a very like repetitive kind of. Sound, uh, I yeah. see. How long have you been doing this band for, bro? Exactly two years. Uh. Two years. But including preparation, pre- maybe like three years. Three years. Yeah. I see. Okay. Mm. And and how how has it been for you so far? Like, it's been it, very, very good. Like very different from what I used to do. Cause I used to be in like, in advertising. So, uh, running a brand is totally different from, from you know what I did. I was just like designing and everything. So right now I have to, design. I have to do like multiple facets of things including like selling things and and doing invoicing those kind of like mundane mm. things which is very different from what I used to do I see so yeah. like, what got you like oh shit one day I need to like I'm gonna start this brand what, what got you into that I think, I think what mindset? got me was was because like I in I think in 2013 mm. I visited Tokyo yeah and back then I was like the one of those like you know the usual kids wearing like H&M everything Uniqlo H&M this kind of thing Cause like we we weren't like having much choices like in in Malaysia and mm. stuff like that. So when I went to um, Tokyo, and I saw like the streetwear scene, especially like you know the the Harajuku, the Shinjuku mm. stuff. So I thought to myself, it's like, hey, why is it that Malaysia has like not much of such things, mm. or or is it like non-existent? And that's like very long ago. So it was like very the scene was very like not. Mal- so. That planted a, a top in my mind uh, that I wanted to do something like that, like in the future. So at the time I didn't do it right away. So I, it's always like something that I, I already take interest in. So I try to pursue it like, like eventually uh. So but then after that I still like you know stick to my nine to six stuff, and then finally like I got quite fed up with um, with the whole advertising kind of you know mm. work environment and stuff like that. The corporate shit lah. Yeah, yeah, the corporate shit lah. Then I, I, I thought to myself, it's like, um, why not just start it now since I'm so young, right? At that mm. time, like, I think I'm just 22. Mm. So if it, if it fails, then it fails. If it doesn't, then, then, then good luck. So, so here we are. Mm. Yeah, I see. So like, like, like you mentioned, you used to wear like um, mm. H&M, you yeah. do and stuff like that. Like yeah. How does it reflect into your brand's identity now though? <coughs> like it's totally two different things, right? Um, it's definitely two different things, but... But it's not like I'm saying it like a bad thing, like you know, Uniqlo and Hashish mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Because it I caters still, to I st- a certain market, la, Yeah, yeah, exactly. I still wear the kind of thing. I'm mm. just saying, like you know, back then we weren't having that 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 many choice, la, yeah. Basically, so when I see something that is like, although it's more expensive, clearly like streetwear is quite expensive, mm. but the contrast is very big in a sense, like mm. oh, things should be done like that. Mm. So it's like it's something like once you see it, you can't unsee it anymore. It's yeah. like it's like although you have to pay for it, but you would want to own that kind of things. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Not in a very like hype beast way, but in a more like 
you can appreciate such things. Yeah, something like that. So what's the identity of Idol Edo? I think like, the identity of Idol Edo is is more towards the the modernism approach. Mm. But we are we are also kind of a very reactive brand. Uh. Mm. Yeah, in, in a way, like we try to observe what's happening. That's not that's it's not like we are following the trend, but be aware of what how to stay slightly different but mm. not completely different in a way it's like trying to be more relevant yeah and so far yeah we just stuck to some of our principles like like um making things cut and sew although it's mm. streetwear we, we try not to do blanks this kind of thing so we try to stay away from the the most traditional streetwear kind of approach but infuse something like um like a more tailored way of streetwear, something like that. I see. Yeah. And how how big is your team though? Like, so actually, right now, if you ask how big is the team, it's it's almost like I'm soloing oh, okay. which I'm still I still can do it because like you know, uh, once you do it long enough, you you know how to compartmentalize like what you do in a day and stuff like that. So it's still possible. So I do all the tagging, I do all the invoicing, I do all the email marketing, I do all the social media. Thing. Show, yeah. Can yeah. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. And then occasionally, like my my friends help out, my brother help out, this kind of thing. So. Oh, okay, yeah. including so cut and sew as well. Oh, the cut. I mean, uh, the team is just me, meaning from the company. But yeah. producing is from outsource from, Yeah, it's from China, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. So, like, what's like, what's your take on the uh, fashion scene in Malaysia? Like, can it like, do people like um mm-hmm. understand the concept you're doing for your brand, and do they like can? Do you think that can like acceptable? Is it acceptable? Yeah. I think it's yeah definitely acceptable, mm. but also because we initially when we started it, we also knew that we don't want to cater to to the, the, to the pure mass one because our stuff initially also something like we try to price it in the region of like Carhartt, in the mm. region of Carhartt pricing, so it's like from the from the from the go we already know that we want to make something that is like more sellable globally meaning we don't want to just target locally although meaning like we always don't try to shout out like where we are where we come from mm. so we try to target as much as possible because we don't want to limit ourselves to a certain market especially when you're a new brand mm. it's like if the market is already so small and you want to limit it to to even locally it's like it's even smaller already so you want to try to reach the masses uh? yeah we, we try to reach a lot of people but not just as one market mm. yeah okay. although but although the aesthetic is niche but uh, but but I think it it has succeeded a little bit lah so far yeah in terms of that approach mm-hmm. yeah I see that you did you do a lot of, like kimonos and oragis mm-hmm. on your collection yeah, so I'm I'm guessing like your brand is also going that route where that sort of traditional Japanese mm-hmm. well, uh, traditional wear yeah 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 um but how is it like the response like with the current climate in Malaysia do you think like people are responding well to that kind of stuff like so far. Um, not exactly well. So if you're talking about just, let's say in Malaysia itself, mm. like people would still definitely go for something like you know a lot of t-shirts, yeah, and then a few caps, those kind of thing. So that one is quite expect, like quite expected. But I still have to do some of the more something like you call it like like signature pieces. It's also because like you want to show like, um, These let's are say for, for publications or yeah. for anything else, you want to make it like, like. You want to showcase your ability to design, mm. basically. Yes. Yeah. So not not just focusing on sales. So mm. let's say if it's a bigger item, like initially we made we make a lot because it's like 
we are no one. So we can't, we don't have the negotiation power to make like very little quantity mm. or stuff like that. But sooner or later, we can do less and less, but we can still show the design and sell a few pieces. So, so that's how we try to balance the whole thing, like, like the sales part and also the, the showcasing design part. Yeah. Mm. So that's how we do it so far. I see uh, like uh, there's a lot of similarity with your brand and the brand acronym. Like it's like kind of like a tag where a slight of vibe. Slight, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I would say it's like, um, acronym is like pure tag wear, right? Mm, it's like yeah. fully functional and everything. Mm. For us, is we try to study how, how it's made basically. Because we are not, we're definitely not a full, full-fledged like um, tag wear brand. So we try to become like a functional, functional streetwear type of look. Meaning like the, the pocket serves its purpose and those kind mm. of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's not really like a, from my opinion, it's not really a, a pure tag wear thing. But yes, I, I'm a, I'm a owner of many pieces of like those technical wear. Mm. So it's also one of those things like once you wear it, you don't want to wear something else, that kind of thing. Mm. So when you try to infuse it to your brand, you also want it to be like, really functional yeah for example the new pants that we do is like you really can store a lot of things so you don't have mm. to bring any backpack and stuff like that so yeah we try to solve problem and at the meantime like keep it not pure tech wear basically yeah yeah i think you brought Something up very, like a fusion yeah. <clears throat> yeah but i think you brought a very good point like, i mm. think a lot of designers nowadays they totally forgot about the idea when you talk about design it's not just about aesthetics it's about functionality yes at the end of the day a design a good design is the one that helps uh, to better your life. Yeah, yeah. Be it aesthetically or not, but it still has to serve somewhat of a function. Yeah. But I think a lot of designers sort of forget about that. And just yeah, they want to go the, like, the abstract way. Yes, correct. Yeah. Rather than functional. Like. Yeah. Which is why like the brand owner of Acronym mm. will always be an OG. Like yeah. As a matter of fact, um, there's no one else that could replace him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he practically owns all the techwear companies for good reason as well. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, like that whole functionality yeah, yeah, thing yeah. coming and everything. Yes, yeah. yeah, It's useful, man, like pockets, like big pockets and yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not just about big pockets, actually. Yeah. I yes. think it's about how that pocket fits Correct. and everything. Does it Correct. add? Because, I mean, if you put things inside your pocket, everything, your pants is going to feel heavy, bro. Yeah. Then it's not functional anymore. Yeah. Right. You can try it's bothering you. Yeah. You might as well get it back. You can, if you're going to carry something heavy. Yeah. So I think maybe it's just drawing that yeah. line in between, and, you know? And so far, it's like, um, people cannot, like, um, how say, get confused about techwear and also how it looks like. Because <laughs> in the, on the market right now, there's a lot of like, techwear brands that just spam the aesthetic, meaning, Wow, here got pocket on the heels, mm, go on pocket. Zips everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't yes. make sense, like, cause no, no yeah. one, no normal people will carry so many things. And also, right. if you notice something that is very significant, like the good tech wear brands, like the pants that they do, they don't focus on the back pocket at all, because you don't actually put anything on the back pocket. It's too hard to remove it and you to to readjust the the placement of your things. So from what we do is as well is like we don't focus a lot on the back part of the pants. Because it's for you to sit only. Mm. Yeah. So we don't do like, you know, a big pocket on your ass. But there are some people that yes. put their wallet in the back pocket though. Yes, but, but that's the thing. Like we don't encourage people to put their thing in the back pocket. <coughs> because like you have to take it out and you have to put it in, on the front, in the front pocket anyway when you sit down. Yeah. So it's but like, you need, it's a more versatile way of designing the pants, I would say. Yeah, yeah I 100% understand where you're coming from. But I, 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 that is a question that I want to ask also. Like I think it's... Mm. Um, I never think that back pockets are ever functional. First of all, yes. it would definitely, your, if you put your wallet behind there, it would definitely bust a hole there. Yeah. 
So I think the back pockets, I don't know, I feel it's just purely aesthetics kind of thing. No, it's like for me, I'm a... I'm a like You're a back pocket kind of guy? No, I, I, in the production line, because I need to carry a lot of shit. So yeah, sometimes true. the back pocket serves its purpose. La. Like I put like SD cards, because my pocket would be full, phone, wallet. Yeah. SD cards or maybe a lens if a pocket is big enough I'll put a lens behind my back pocket man yeah. true yeah. true maybe yeah. it's not built to put like super a lot of shit yeah, yeah, like big yeah. stuff right but there but it right? definitely yeah. serves its purpose lah I would say that's true yeah. so speaking of like um, speaking of the topic that like how your designs are sort of like inspired by acronym is there any other designers that like you look up to whenever you design something or is it very different for each collection kind of different approach for each collection meaning like yeah. concept wise is always different Mm-hmm. But but at the end of the day, it's, it's something like I would design something that I want to wear. Mm, so so okay. that's like the ultimate goal. It's like if you design something that you don't wear at all, there's there's no meaning to to the brand itself. So so other designers there are plenty actually. Like for example, like um like uh, I think Luke Meyer of OAMC, mm. and then like uh, Maharishi, these kind yeah. of brands. So it's like although it's like how do you call it? It's very aesthetic based, but they have a very strong identity. Mm. So I try to study like how, how brands actually develop their strong identity through designs. Yeah. Although like, you know, like a bomber jacket looks like the other bomber jacket, right? Mm. But somehow, <coughs> some way, whether it's how it's shot or something like that, yeah. it sort of differentiates the brand from the other. Yeah. So it's like Maharishi, I think CAFM as well. If you're talking good. about graphics, you want to do something like CAFM. Yeah. yeah. Or if you want to do something simple, you, you should do something like less is more which is like completely like um, very organic way of designing the purest form of something mm. yeah, rather than you know complicated if you want to be complicated then you have to be cat M something like that mm. so that's how I think about like design because in the end of the day it's like I'm a graphic designer mm. so it's like I don't like the kind of designs that are like um, you know when you graduate and you do the kind of design you simply slap it on oh. some t-shirts Yeah. so it's like it's very like yeah. I say, like overdone for me. Yeah. I think you brought up a really good point. I think um, designer of anything nowadays mm. must uh, learn from sort of. You must be able to know how to do everything. Mm. You can't. It's gone are the days where like you just think of the design and that's it. The guy thing you have to think of like the execution, yeah. the marketing and everything. So. Yeah. It's not about just slapping a bloody logo on a t-shirt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Not. Yeah. Yeah. The era is over, man. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. Okay, so um, we just want to know, uh, like, um, at this day and age, mm-hmm. with the new government and everything, yeah. how do you think, like, that has affected your business in that sense? Like, I think that the creative industry are a little bit more relaxed now, mm-hmm. somehow, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, is it the same for you guys as well? Is it, do you think that there's more freedom of expression and stuff like that? Uh, to, to me, it's... Uh <coughs> doesn't really affect me because I never focus on mm. you know the the local agenda kind of thing. Oh okay. Yeah. So so if I were to like tackle issues, it's more like a more like a global issue rather than like mm. a specific location. So mm. it's like our messaging usually is quite vague. One. It's like something that you need to you need to research a little bit just to know what we are trying to say. I mean, I'm, because I'm I think I'm naturally like that. So I like to make me- messages that are like more like slightly hidden, mm. not so like shouting. So mm. in the design sense, it doesn't really affect us. But in, in terms of production, it affects us a little bit. Like the, like previously it was GST, right? So it's like 6% or something like that. Now it's like 10%. So it's like we, we are trying, actually our cost is actually going up, basically. <laughs> We're trying to figure out how to you know, lower the cost and everything like that. Yeah. 
So that's, that's the effect that, that is on us. Oh yeah, yeah. and um, you, I, I saw that uh, your like lookbook and stuff got mm. featured in GQ, High Snob, yeah. right? Yeah. Does it like affect mm-hmm. your sales or recognition to, like of mm. your brand in the mm. overseas market? Does it like affect a lot? Affect a lot or? Uh, although it's minor, but it's a lot for a small brand. That's mm. what I can say. Uh, GQ not so much like, but uh, High Snob IT, yes. Like oh. it strengthens a lot of like the the organic, you know, like the traffic, you know, I don't know mm. how to say. It's like a back-end thing, like people visiting your sites and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, and also like... So it helps a lot. It helps a lot also. Nice. Yeah. And also the trust of people, like like random people, like stumble upon the brand through a certain site. Mm. They would have more confidence, you know, just clicking to buy something like that. It's pretty yeah. rare though, like for yeah. like uh, small independence brand to mm. be like get featured on GQ and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big deal, man, in my mm. opinion. Mm. Those, those are just like, um, I think we're quite lucky also. But mm. also because we work towards like having this kind of opportunity as well. Mm. Like um, initially we, for example, like on the first month of our launch, we got featured on Highest Number IT under the Radar series, right? Was because that I researched like who their editors was and this kind of uh. thing. And then I send them like personal email, this kind of mm. thing. So it was pretty risky, la, but we got nothing to lose. La. Just, mm, we just did it. True. And then like the reward. I mean, it's a way to get your brand, brand name out there. The la. reward is big. Yeah. So I would say like small brands should try to mm. maximize no budget to something very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and like I saw y'all are like quite close with the Wong Fu. Oh yeah. Yeah, how did it like came by? Oh, eh? that one is just, that one was so pretty organic because like uh, we started talking online because mm. I own a brand, he owned a brand. And then like, like because we personally, our personal taste quite similar. Mm. So, so he came <coughs> to visit Malaysia. Mm. So when you, when, you, when you say Wong Fu, which, which guy? Uh, Wesley. Wesley. Wesley Chan, uh, yeah. So it's like, um, then he came to Malaysia, then he mm. visited us, lah, basically. And then we just, nice. you know, caught up for a bit. And then, uh, and, and then he, he threw up something like, why, why not we do a collaboration? Like, it would be good for both our brands, something like that. Mm. And then we just said, oh, yeah, why not? Then we just like work on one piece. Lah. But I'm sure there's, there's more collaboration coming up, but not at this moment. That's our first piece, which, which did quite so well. So there are, there are possible yeah. future collapse lah, uh, with definitely, them. Definitely, definitely. Nice. So, so that's how we got close. Lah. And then eventually, we just became like, like friends talking regularly. Yeah. Like, are they, can we expect like any f- collapse with any local brands anytime soon? Um, you can expect a collab with an Indonesian brand oh. this year. Yeah. Okay, do you mind telling us the explanation? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Orbit Gear. We're going to collab with Orbit Gear. Oh, Orbit, yeah. Gear. Orbit, Gear. Orbit, Gear. Orbit Gear. The back company. Nice. And now working towards like apparel lines as well. Yeah. Mm. So, but then um, everything haven't finalized, but it's going to happen. Uh. Don't know when, but this dope, year. Dope. Yeah. Do you think like, um, like streetwear would be like the goal that you end up at? Or you, do you think you see idol, I do, mm-hmm. uh, moving forward to like, Places such as like KL Fashion Week, that sort of stuff. Mm. Do you think you will forever stay in this like streetwear kind of realm or do you think you will move I forward to it's although we are streetwear, yeah. Like I would categorize us as streetwear. But it's it's hard to say because some of the, our stuff doesn't look streetwear at all. But yeah. we would like to stay within this realm of like, you know, audience and stuff like that. We are There's not, definitely a difference between yes. Uh, yeah. your brand and the other brands out there Correct. you can tell uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty but obvious so, but we're definitely not going for the pure fashion route la. we're not like Joe Chow kind of thing mm. yeah. why not we're though? gonna go for full fashion <laughs> thing yeah. why not though since uh, I mean you're already gonna do cut and so yeah. Yeah. why not is because like I think I believe very strongly about like why you started and how you end it meaning we started mm. not like that and it's gonna be quite weird for us to be to be eventually some, suddenly out of nowhere looking like you know 
like but it's kind of like, like a thing. yeah like an improvement though don't you think yeah, it is yeah. for your brand so so if you were to say like if is is either you're going to end up like that i would mm. say no but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it will stop me from making another one mm. meaning, oh okay meaning something from me but like a separate like separate label. separate entity mm. yeah it's something that i have i will keep it separate yeah but as of now obviously because what if down the line, uh, i don't know yeah. your brand organically grew into that line like mm-hmm. the high fashion line mm-hmm. Uh, will you still be okay with it or do you want to like keep it like stay to the street I, I think I think like in a more realistic way you follow the money right if if, mm. if yes then I will but it's hard to see how I can because like it's if we've been doing for two years like I've also attended trade shows so the the real fashion calendar format those kind of thing it so far it will not suit the way we deliver our products mm. so far yeah but if you know the opportunity arises or something like that why not? Yeah, mm. yeah, that, yeah. That, that is also a very hard thing to follow up when you mention about the mm. calendar thing as well because yes. mm. they're pretty strict about their, yeah. their timeline and everything. Yes. Yeah, I see, okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, um, I think whatever you're doing is really good. Do you think you ever move away from that whole Noragi, that kind of style and move yeah. into something like maybe, for example, really pushing that tech wear uh, moving forward aesthetics yeah, it's possible um, if, if you're talking about the Noragi thing actually this time we already dropped it already mm-hmm. we didn't do the Noragi this time so we did a, like an overshirt thing oh okay yeah and then we focus on the signature piece like the, the pants itself yeah so because like like uh, it's sad to say like, but because we're still a small brand mm-hmm. we don't want to be like doing so many signature items like each drop because people can only afford so much yeah so we, we don't want to over deliver so we want to keep it like a capsule thing like eight to nine pieces that kind of thing yeah but then at the meantime because like we are so online driven and then the way we shot it can look very robust but mm. in actual terms like let's say you're talking about retail if you put your clothes on in retail it's like one rack you can display all your things so it's not really impressive retail wise yeah mm. so we're still gonna exist more like in the realm of online something like that yeah. i see okay yeah. i see that some like there's some similarities between your brand and future mm. made studio Okay. Like you guys like have mm-hmm. sort of like a similar color palette sometimes okay. and here and there. Like I, I just wanna know like obviously mm-hmm. Future Me is definitely like your direct competitor in terms here. Okay. I mean uh, if you, one of them one Yeah, one of them, yes. And um yeah. so how how do you think that you have managed to like differentiate yourself mm-hmm. like from future mate and everything, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? Um in my opinion, like um future mate is more like a how do you call it? Like a Slight, slight military-ish, right? Yeah, workwear. Yeah, 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 work like I think we are, in my opinion, we are a bit different. Uh, although, mm. like, some pieces look alike, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Yeah. But, but I think our audience is quite different. Uh, like, because my, my audience usually, um, when I put it online, is usually, like, US sales, something like that. But mm. from, from my understanding is that, like, uh, for future me, it's, like, very, maybe, like, there's more China audience or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Taiwan, China yeah. audience. So, so I think maybe you can say, like, some of the pieces aesthetically is the same. But I think mm. audience-wise, very different. Mm. Yeah, I think like a lot, a lot of future mid studios owners, I mean, uh, customers are not either those owners yet. Yeah, yeah, uh, customers yet. So it's like, I think it's still very different uh, so far. Yeah. That's true. And also, I mean, let's take like future mid out of the mm-hmm. picture as well. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot mm-hmm. other smaller, even smaller brands yeah. that are doing mm-hmm. Noragis as well. It seems it, yeah. it is a trend mm-hmm. nowadays. It's very comfortable for this Malaysian hot weather and everything yeah. whatnot. Yeah. I see. Okay, so. Do you think you ever see yourself collaborating with any of the current local brands, like maybe against? Possible. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
but um, it, it also it also has to come organically lah. Yeah. Because it's like we, we you can't force of collab. Like, yeah, like I have a bunch of friends doing local streetwear as well, mm. but it, it's it's not something like we. We, let's say we go Yamcha, we don't say like, hey, collab la tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> there's no point doing that. Like if, to me, it's like, in a more realistic way, it's like, to me, collab needs to be like, both sides beneficial. Yeah. Like, you need to benefit each other because in the end of the day, it's a business. So if it's like, like, uh, you just do a piece together, you slap both of your logo and then mm. got, got your audience see a bit, my audience see a bit, but the sales similar. So mm. it's like, if you want to collab, it has to be something that more big impact. Yeah. Like for example, we, like for example, so far, if we do with like the Wesley Chan so far, the sales is like first day you sell out. So oh. that's a that's a good thing to do a collab about. Like you don't want the, the, the stocks to stuck there. Yeah. If you want to do a collab, you want to like get rid of it and you can share the money, this kind of thing. Yep. And then like with Orbit Gear, clearly also one of those brands that can, you know, sell the sell the shit out immediately. Yeah. And then at the same time, I can offer like my knowledge on designing certain apparel stuff like that so that's why we do collaboration uh, so it's not a forced thing la. it's like more organic stuff yeah i see mm. so on the topic of like uh your collaboration with wesley chan okay. and like it sold up on the first day and yeah, everything yeah. right mm. we asked the same question to obscure as well mm-hmm. uh we were saying that like how important it is for i mean what do you think how important it is for a brand to have a face to it like Future Me has a face, yeah. you know. Future yes. Me has Tun Wei. Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, Obscure has Ethan and Price. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, your brand is almost like a. How do I how do I say it? Anonymous. Like, it's, it's just it's just it's not say anonymous. Yeah. It's just it's just a brand. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sure from a third party point of view, it's like a collective of people just doing yeah you don't know who is the you know, yeah, who's you don't fronting know who's it right face, yeah. yeah who's fronting yeah. it how do you yeah. think is it important nowadays to have a face for a brand you know like yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's good but yeah. if you don't have it's like it's not something that you will die as well yeah but but if it, it's good yeah. la, if you have a face of a brand it's like like you know it's a bonus thing yeah it, it helps with promotions yeah. and stuff man. yeah both also benefit so it's good yeah yeah. So, so I, ever, I see it as a good thing. Yeah. You ever thought of like getting influencers, influencers to like promote your brand and stuff, get mm, them to wear? The reason why I'm against that is because I sort of know the result of doing that. Oh, okay. yeah, because we are not willing to allocate that much budget just for that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, because to me, if you want to do the influencer game, you need to sustain it. Yep. You need to constantly do it. Like every drop, every week, give, give this guy, give that guy, which is okay because like, like um, I think it works for other brands. Yeah. But for us, because we don't, we are not structured that way, and then because our our price also like not completely local friendly also, and then like you know how hard is it to get like overseas people to get to wear your things like that. So, just just for example, if if the collab with like Wesley, it, it sells out because like the brand he his brand is quite like let's say reputable something like that. So so that's the reason why it sells out. It's not because of Wesley, really. Yeah. But then so like occasionally like Wesley would wear my things and then tag my my stuff mm. online as well. And I consider him like a mega influencer. But it doesn't like really affect the sales at all. Mm. So it's, it's, it's not like it's not like somebody wear it then immediately turn into sales. It's more like a brand awareness kind yes, of Yes. It's more suitable for mass kind of brand rather mm. than, you know, niche kind of brand. So I think also like let's say along the line, what those brands that do something like what we do they also don't go for the influencer strategy game at all. Yeah. There's, I think there's a reason behind it. I think multiple reasons as well. Yeah. And to be honest as well, like mm. the Malaysia's influencer pool is also quite... Uh, whack. Quite limited, whack. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's the right limited, like, yeah. limited. I think yeah. like, for example, you, you, you want to get a relevant one, but 
you most <laughs> I see most brands they only settle for those that are general ones. Yes. So any Tom like this Tom could do he could wear streetwear he could wear high fashion so let's yeah. just like get him yeah. bought yes but it's not his thing you know kind of thing you see on his daily Instagram post he just doesn't wear shit like that yeah you get what I mean so I don't I I don't see how I agree with you I don't see how that that influ you call you call yourself an influencer yes. because you are not even doing it yourself yeah. your yeah. lifestyle is not about that yeah. and you are trying to influence people on a lifestyle that they you yourself don't really believe in you yeah. get what I mean yeah so. Because the money is good, man. They just spot, they just promote whatever shit that pays yeah, good. I bro. mean, if you are an influencer, you would take the, you know, take the, you take the yeah, deal man. as well. Because it's, you know, just money. I guess, it, I guess, <coughs> I guess for these people, I understand it's a full time job. Yes. Uh, you mm, know, yeah. like you get paid Makes for sense that shit. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, but I think yeah. if you don't depend on it, I think, yeah, I think yeah. maybe you'll be able to reject it more. Yeah. I guess. But I'm still curious about like how the statistic, statistics, <coughs> statistics are. Because I didn't really pursue it and try it. Because sometimes you see like some Langlory 200k followers, they wear yeah. like Daniel Wellington. Yeah, shout Daniel Wellington. I don't know whether it works, but I'm curious to know how well it works. Yeah. yeah. But for certain market, yes, influence are quite important. Like let's say you yeah. sell like, like a cup or something like that, yeah. something more affordable. Then you need to get it out there because it's just about the product. But yeah. for, for let's say for a fashion brand, then the model itself or the influencer itself needs to match the personality. Yeah. And then only people would believe it yeah. Otherwise, it's just, oh, he went then, so what about that? Yeah. But I think also Malaysia's like, influ like using influencer, that market is also divided into like huge, diff two different portions. Uh. Like yeah. we all urban people, mm -hmm. we don't take the bait. Yeah. Because we Not know much. what yeah. is it about. Yes. You know what I'm trying to say? But let me just be frank, man. I know like a lot of Malay influencers. Yeah. They just promote like some beard oil or something. Next thing you know, you see all the Sell Ali on the street. Yes. They are buying that beard oil, man. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's a whole different... There's yeah. people who actually believe it. There's a big chunk of people that actually believe it. And there's a big chunk of them that knows, knows what's, what's up. up like, yeah. You know what I'm yes. saying? So. But also, like going to the previous point, because our thing's really not so... like The mm. price not so friendly for everybody. Local. So it's, it's not so suitable to do influencer game. But if it's like 50 ringgit one t-shirt... Definitely, I would do it also. Yeah. Let's see. Why? I I I just I just want to know why do you price it that point? Like, why don't you? I think a lot of local mm. brands would have chosen the route that like, yeah. oh, for for the locals, I'm gonna make it for the local price. Why why price it at a higher price point? Yeah. I mean, Carhartt is not exactly that expensive. Even maybe yeah, honest. But it's expensive for. But most it's expensive people. for <laughs> most. It's expensive for Malaysian, me, man. With the Malaysian the money, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With the Malaysian general mindset, they wouldn't drop a lot of money for clothes. Yes. In my experience. So, yes. why, knowing that fact, I think why do you still continue, like, try to put it on a higher price point? I think there's a, there's a multiple reason to it. Yeah. Go back to the first question that you asked yeah. previously. It's also because I went to Tokyo and I want to do that kind of thing. Okay. And that kind of thing is not, like, cheap to, pr mm. to produce. Yeah. So, automatically, the price is not that way. Mm -hmm. And then, along the way, you feel like, oh, yeah, if I make cheaper, I can sell more, right? Yes. But if I make cheaper, the stuff I wouldn't even wear myself. It's mm. like I wear three times a day, the kind of material or the kind of, because it's low quantity, right? So if you do even cheaper, and then it's like something that even if you present it to the world, they mm. wouldn't give a shit. Mm. It looks too cheap. Really. Even if you take pictures, also you feel like, oh, cheap stuff. So in a way, it's like you got to believe in the brand. So if I have to make something like that for me, myself to believe it, and then only other people, when they see it, they will believe it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like if I make a cheap one, I wouldn't even wear it. But I, I tell people I wear this every day. So it's like, you know, a bit of fraudulent thing going on. Uh, which, which, if you 
if you see around us that the brands that are surviving, they are not priced very low anymore. Not very low. At least like 100, 139 one t-shirt. And yeah. there's a reason why because it's sort of like an impression thing. Because two years ago is is a totally different mindset. It's like, oh, if it's a 60 ringgit t-shirt, I can afford it. I, I will buy it. Mm. But now it's like too cheap. Nobody want. Yeah. Too expensive. Hey, damn. I, my, my salary not so high. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, you try to go middle la. although the middle is the hardest because there is no distinctive you know crowd mm. here yeah but which is why going back to the point where we we try to do international mm. so and then you push hard on your on your side to do like local sales like you can do it privately it doesn't have to affect the whole you know overall branding kind of thing mm. so that's how I see it yeah but speaking yeah. of like like going international mm-hmm. you're com- basically competing with a lot of other people that are doing something very similar yeah. to what you're yeah. doing yeah. How, how, how has that worked out with yeah. you so far? Um, to me being this market thing let's say you call it a market thing it's, it's not something that brand owners should worry too much about it's about channel it's mm. about how you expose your thing to certain people mm-hmm. so it's like let's say you call the whole thing streetwear there's like 10 million people yeah so obviously there, there are a bunch of streetwear brands out there, but it's more like how you capitalize on the moment, like how you present your stuff to your customers. So let's say this season is coming, like the timing is about there. Yeah. You have to show it first so that you make your sales first. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work going like on the, on the background of the brand because you need to work really hard just to you know, make sales. Yeah, so to me, like, it's all about working your ass off like, basically. It's not like the market because the market belongs to people like Nike, fans, those kind of thing. They just post it online. Everyone will be sharing it. Yeah. But if you're a small brand, you have to do it yourself, which is mostly a lot of times like very privately. So if you're a small brand, you have to work small, work smart, and then like hoping one day, you know, you'll go big or something like that. Yeah. So occasionally you would do something big, like, you know, people feature you once in a while. But what about normal days? You have to do it yourself. So, so that's how I see it. Because the market doesn't really affect smaller brands because we are, we are never on the market anyway. We're not seen on the market. Yeah. Mm. So we have to do it very privately. Speaking of the markets, like uh, I recently heard the BOF, uh, so Business of Fashion, mm-hmm. um, they did a podcast on the uh, 2018 wrap-up. Mm-hmm. So they got McKinsey to do their mm-hmm. data report for the year itself. Okay. And uh, they are talking about... And, and I think... I think it's good because like it gives a glimpse of like how 2018 fashion was like mm. as a whole, not just streetwear. We're talking about high fashion as well, and um, they a lot of predictions came about to like brands that are in the mid range are gonna suffer a lot, mm. that kind of thing for the next year, just because I, I don't I don't exactly remember too much on it. How does it really work mm. with the data and all? Mm. So like for example, if let's say like a small brand like yours, mm-hmm. how do you think like you would be able to so sort of put an impact, like yeah, survive the yeah. kind of thing like yeah. with with with, yeah. with this kind of trend? Because yeah. I, I I kind of agree like being in the middle sometimes can be a bit tough as yeah. well with yeah. your price range and everything, yeah. Yeah. especially here. Yeah, because you're catering to a very small pool where everyone yeah. is fighting for the yeah. same yeah. same kind of set of things. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. For us, we 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 will definitely survive this round. So, mm-hmm. so we've been f- like two years, four collections. We, we're definitely going to survive fourth and mm-hmm. there's definitely going to be fifth and also some collab pieces. Mm-hmm. So that one is like not a problem in terms of surviving. But mm-hmm. we also try to be more Im- ambitious. Like we want to impact as well. Yeah. We don't want to be always surviving, surviving. But in terms yeah. of surviving, we can because there's, 
the customers will come back and mm-hmm. they trust our products and then mm-hmm. they will keep supporting it lah, until you know until one day we die and then like we just fall off the ground or something like that yeah but surviving we can impact is pretty difficult mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. that's what we are trying to do i think every brand also out there trying to do since since we started all this thing you know i think no one has made a big impact yet but maybe something's coming up i don't know i see yeah okay it's possible lah. so what do what are we going to expect from you from 2019 um, for the first half, uh, I think previously mentioned should be mm. the collab thing with Orbit Gear. I think that would be quite fun la. on a personal level. Okay. It's, it's quite okay. fun. La. So that's a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then there, there's definitely going to be volume five, mm-hmm. which, okay. which maybe is June, maybe it's May or maybe it's July, but around that time. La. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to survive this round. So, so I'll, I'll be starting designing probably next month onwards. Yeah. Right. So, so you plan to like 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 two collections in a year? Oh, always is two collections in a year. Oh, so it's, always has yeah, been it's always been two collections in a year. Yeah, yeah. It's, like a, some, it's like something you force yourself to do as well. Because like, you don't want to be one collection one year, then everyone outside you can hear everyone, wow, this brand dying. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't give a shit about their production or like uh, not serious enough. So you pretty so much follow don't be that, la, yeah. sort of like the, the spring, spring, summer, summer, spring, summer, 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 fall, winter kind of calendar. Yeah, but we call it volume in a volume, way. Yeah. Or you, some brands call it chapter, right? Yeah. 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 So that it doesn't restrict you. <laughs> yeah. You don't kill yourself when yeah. like, it's not fall, winter, but you say fall, winter. Yeah. So when you make so a you t-shirt during fall, winter, yeah. it's fine, la, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks for your time, know. Thank you. So yeah. Thanks So um. Do follow him, uh, ZZ, on Instagram. What's your, what's your Instagram? ZZ.Liu. ZZ.Liu. And also follow his brand, Idol Idol. Okay. Yeah. Um, and stay tuned. Stay tuned. For this episode, or every episode. On, <laughs> we are on Spotify, we are on YouTube. Yeah. And this uh, podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. I hope, la, bro. <laughs> yeah, we hope, <laughs> la. I paid for this McDonald's, bro. Thanks for okay. having me. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks this so is, uh, once again, Isaac. And this is Ben. And we are from The Threads. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao.